Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. This episode of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze was originally recorded in October 2017. It's great to have you joining the party here on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I am with the gang. It's a little bigger than usual. All right, we wondered what in the world would happen if we did the first segment of this show on a bike. I'm talking about a cocktail bike. This is the happening thing in New Haven, Elm City Party Bike. It's sort of a a trolley bike, and you need a bunch of people, as we have, and everybody has to pedal. Elm City Bike will take you on your choice of tours. It could be architecture or art. Uh, It could be a pizza tour. In our case, of course, it is a cocktail crawl. Uh, We have all kinds of people on this thing. I'll tell you about them in just a second. We're taking you with us right now as you listen, and then we'll jump back into the studio for the rest of the show. Everything is posted right now at foodschmooze.org. Is everybody ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Before we get into our seats on this trolley bike, everybody's got, it's like a bicycle seat with a beautiful back, and then you pedal like mad. Um, Let me identify the rolling partiers. We're with Colin Kaplan. Colin, first of all, you do about 47 things that I admire, and so it's so fun to be on this bike. Where'd this idea come from? This idea came from my partner, Christian, who came to me. He said, let's get this going. Let's get a party bike in New England. And it's the first one. So I run food tours. Uh, We put this business plan together and started doing this in April. And you're a sort of city historian. I know you adore New Haven as I do. Yeah, I love the history here. I've written books about it. I lead tours about it and try to educate people. So there's so much to look at, so much to talk about and see. So we have, as you hear, Colin Kaplan from Elm City Party Bike, and we have from Gateway Community College, Stephen Fries, Evie Gard, Mary Ellen Cody, and a surprise visitor at our next stop. We have champagne at the ready. I am with Chris Prosperi and Alex Province. Kevin Cool is our engineer. We've got Amy, Miriam, we've got Kiran. We've got Allison, and there's going to be another Amy. She happens to be my sister. I see the Lorchio restaurant owner here, even. This is unbelievable. And we have Moose driving the bus. Yes, the Moose Caboose, we like to say. Okay. Faith, where are we going first? We're going to go to Olia in New Haven. If you haven't been, you've got to try it. We're going to try something to drink at the bar, a little snack. Oh, I can't wait. It's one of my faves. Moose, onward and downward. (laughs) People, let me do a play-by-play here on the bike. Moose is at the front. We're all seated at these bar, long bar tables on this thing. It's like a trolley or a tram car. We're in downtown New Haven. It is wild. And people already having a great time. We've got traffic lights. We've got people, business people walking every which way. 
people are, you know, pointing directions and happy face on everybody. And we've been pouring, thanks to Alex Province, Domaine Lorraine. It is a sparkling wine from the south of France. We thought this would be perfect as we are doing this. We even have people in high heels who are pedaling right now. It's really just unbelievable. We are in the midst of Gateway Community College, New Haven's newest college downtown. We are running up Church Street. And guess what? All the students must be in session because there's no traffic. This is amazing. (laughs) This is a great place. Um, The school is more like what I think is like an airport. It's like this beautiful lobby and experience as you walk up the steps. It's gigantic. I'm just stunned by how big it is. And it seems like it's actually serving the needs of the students very well. We are huge community college fans on the show for a long time, and so we're so excited. Hey, here's Alex and Chris. You're pedaling. What does this feel like? Our legs are burning. <laughs> go, Alex. I need go, some pedal. oxygen. Colin, describe where we are right now. We're on Crown Street next to the old Chapel Square Mall, now converted to apartments, offices, restaurants, and shops. Uh, we're going by one of our partner businesses, The Wine Thief. So we have a lot of great restaurants and shops down here that we love working with. This is all about New Haven. This is about bringing people from outside of New Haven, from within New Haven, and giving them a real awesome experience here. Colin, the history in the city is pretty amazing. It is. It's one of the oldest cities in the country, first planned city in America, where the Culinary Institute of America started in 1947. Part of the history shows itself. Part of it has to be discovered, and that's what we do on the bike. We're going by the old Boppers. Who remembers Boppers? We got a new steakhouse coming. Finally, New Haven gets a steakhouse. It's been a few years. Also, I want you to remember something. This is better than going to the gym. You guys have champagne and wine. You're out in the open in the fresh air. You got new friends you're making. And Faith is here. I'm so glad you're here, Faith. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. This is a fantastic addition to the city. So, Robin Doyen Aiken, our senior producer, what are you noticing? I'm just holding on for dear life. This is Louie's Lunch right here. They are only open on certain days, and they literally created the hamburger sandwich when a customer said, hey, put, put that slab of meat between two pieces of bread. And that's how it all started in the year 1900. So we're going to Olia Restaurant. Juan Carlos, Chef Romero, amazing Spanish food. People come from all over the Northeast to eat this Spanish food because it is the real thing. I've had wonderful, exquisite, tasty, long meals there. Oh, me too. You, you can make it short at the bar with tapas. It is such an extraordinary wine list here that I just go crazy over it. And they make a darn good cocktail. So, really fun. Absolutely. Oh, and here we are, pulling up to Olia. It sounds like you're in for a big treat, right, Faith? You got it. Let's go. Here we're at the door of Olia. This is one Carlos Gonzalez, who is the co-owner of this restaurant. Hi, uh, welcome. Thank you so much. So we're all in there. There's 14 of us just walking in the door. Yeah. Want to come with us? Sure. So we're going to have a cocktail, right? I know that you make one heck of a cocktail at your tapas bar here. Yes, we do. Oh, my goodness. Here's the bartender. Hi, my name is Michelle Draper. I work at... Michelle, you've been on our show before. We featured your cocktails before. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, So, yeah, I created this cocktail. It's called Shake Me, I'm Yours. It's a play on the Vespa. Um, I use an American gin, and instead of using the Lillet, I substituted a nice rosé and the cassis, shaken with a little grapefruit, 
and finish with a little love. Oh, that is so great. We're going to try it in just a second. Chef. Oh, my love. Thank you. Good to see you. Me too. Chef Romero, what, what is, what are you, what's our little tapas thing at the bar? Well, uh, just for you, it's, uh, it's the traditional gazpacho we have on the menu. Oh. Plus uh, the stuffed piquillo peppers with uh, saffron rice, uh, chicken, uh, shrimps, and a squid with uh, saffron alioli. How lucky are so, we? So, oh, my God. Guy. Thank oh, you. Goodness. You know I'm such a fan of your food. And so this cocktail, this is the most beautiful presentation. These cocktails are in these tall stem glasses. How fun is this? We're going to walk down around this bar. This is about a mile to go. Stephen, are we the luckiest people? This is Stephen Fries, who's head of the culinary program. You're going to hear from him some more. Is it we the luckiest people? Have you taken a bite of that yet? No, go I ahead. haven't yet. Go it's ahead. all right. Let me go and taste this. The gazpacho here. I'm crazy about. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I've had this before, and it is one of my favorites. Me too. It's one of my favorites, too. Okay, I'm going to try this cocktail, Juan Carlos. This little uh, twist in here that circles the glass in a reptilian kind of way is so gorgeous. Mm. Mm. And these flowers, these are, of course, edible flowers. Oh, that is delicious. We use it for both for... uh cocktails and for desserts. You are so nice to host us on this Elm City party bike. We are biking, as you know, on a kind of trolley tram that is going around New Haven, stopping at places. This, you're our first stop. I love your food. Love so many restaurants here, but you know I'm, I'm a big fan, so thank you for hosting us. Thank you very much, Faith. It's a pleasure having you. It's our pleasure, all of us. Walk in and see these cocktail glasses Right, Colin, with these flowers floating inside. They look like mini orchids in every glass. You know, it starts to make me think of a gentleman named Jerry Thomas. Does anyone know that name? I don't. He is considered to be the grandfather of American cocktail tradition. And guess where he learned to do it all? In New Haven. He is basically the guy who invented many of the modern-day cocktails, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Vesper is one of his. Well, when, when you say he invented the modern cocktail, what period are we talking about? We're talking about the 1850s to 1880s. So modern as in classics, you're t- you're, you mean? Well, I guess so. I guess uh, post just drinking rum out of a barrel. <laughs> Or, or grog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, Jerry Thomas is very much credited with being this kind of lore, epic, uh, famed you know person involved in making cocktails like the Tom Collins and all these famous drinks that we. Haven. That's great. Well, we got a we got a master here with Michelle. She is a veteran of New Haven restaurants, and she knows her way around the bar. She I've actually great. been following her for quite a long time. So this Me is too. awesome. So back on the Elm City party bike we are. Colin, I know where we're going because we curated this tour. Robin Doyen Aiken and I did this together. Yeah, we're going to be going to a place called Bar, um, which is one of these legendary New Haven uh, pizzerias that we, we all love and know. Um, New Haven being the center, the epicenter, the mecca of pizza in the entire world, in my humble opinion. Oh, me too. And I've eaten pizza all over the world. It is unbelievable. So here's a very interesting pizza coming your way. You're not going to believe this one. Moose, right lane. Right lane, Moose. we got to take a right at college. Whew. 
What do you do in the winter? This is our first year operating. This is open air. We have literally allowed booking to happen into December, all the way to Christmas. We'll stop when they want us to stop. When people say, it's too cold, <laughs> we won't come out. Guys, you got to pedal. We got to get to a restaurant. Who's hungry? So bar in New Haven is a place. It's not so much the crust, although it's very good. It is the toppings, and they're very famous for this mashed potato pizza with, you know, bacon in there and caramelized onions and stuff like that. But that's the one that everybody's going to try. We're on the Elm City party bike cruising through the streets of downtown New Haven. There are 14 of us here on this Food Schmooze Cruise. Ladies and gentlemen, you did amazing. We are here at Bar. Um, we're going to walk right over there to the open garage doors, the beckoning you guys to come in and eat the abits. That is the real pizza. Uh, let's go have some fun. Okay, off we go. Now we're on the sidewalk and we're approaching and we are coming up to, guess who's meeting us and going to be a part of things? President Brody of Gateway Community College. President Brody. Hi, how are Hi. you? Very nice to meet you. So it's such a pleasure <laughs> it's to meet good to you. See you. Thank you so much for being a great sport to do this with oh, us. Oh, this is going to be great. This you know, be, I'm looking forward to the mashed potato and bacon pizza. I know, me too. <laughs> so we're about to go in the door, and I just I wanted to say something. Community colleges mean so much to me. I am just thrilled to be a part of a community college here in downtown New Haven, Gateway. Thank you so much and for I, what and you I do. And I thank you for your partnership with us. Community colleges, just like you said, they transform lives, and Gateway has had a, an impact you wouldn't believe. So yeah. it's significant. I, I walk through the halls. I talk to all these kids, yes. and I'm just am so touched. It is and they're looking so- to fulfill their dreams. 7,000 students walking through Gateway looking to fulfill their dreams, and our job is to help them do it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Your kitchens in your culinary program are unbelievable. Oh, yes. It's amazing. State-of-the-art. Everything do you hang out there? That's a secret. <laughs> That's a secret. <laughs> okay. Come inside with yes. me, and we'll have sure. some fun. Thank you. All right. We've got some, some more party people. Hi, I'm Tom Griggs from the International Festival of Arts and Ideas. Thank you for meeting us. You're welcome. I'm also on the Gateway Foundation Board. And you look quite swell in your mixed plaids. Thank you. you. Look, Thank aw- you. Awesome. Tom, you can definitely pull that off, can't you? Mr. New Haven himself, uh, Tom Byrne from Halsey Associates, but more importantly from the Gateway Community College Foundation. So happy to be here. This is just an exciting day. So we had 14, now we have 16, 17. Okay, come on in. Let's go inside. All right, we're in bar and we're having the famous mashed potato pizza. We're going to meet Frank Patrick. Thank you for hosting us. Of course. What exactly is in this pizza that makes all the food editors from around the Northeast flock here? I think it's delicious. What do you think the key is? Oh, well, the key is we make our own mashed potatoes, so we have our own recipe for the potatoes, and then we use really good quality bacon, and just, it's really that simple. You know, the, the two ingredients come together, and it's, you know, it's very popular now. So we're in a, what would you say, a big industrial space in downtown New Haven. You've been here how long? Bar has been here for 26 years. It started out as a dance club, and when the original owners wanted to expand it, they thought, what better to do than make a traditional New Haven-style pizza? And that's primarily what we did for all those years, but one of the owners, Randy, always liked starches when he was a kid, so just kind of like on a whim, they decided, let's throw mashed potatoes on the pizza and see how it goes. 
And the first couple of years of that, a lot of the customers just thought it was like an odd combination. Since then, it's really just really taken off. Because in the end, no matter what it is, it just tastes so good. It does taste good, yeah. Very, it's comfort food. Yeah. So then here we are at the bar, and they're bringing out these trays of this pizza for our 17 people now on this uh, Elm City Party Bike. What have you got going on? Let's walk over to the bar for a okay. second. What do you got? Hi, bartender. Good. Hi, How are you? To the two of you, what is a red that you're uh, very proud of because it's popular with people? You love it. We got a couple that are really, really awesome. Yeah. This right here is definitely a house favorite. It's a Raisin Go Wong, and it is, it's a Beaujolais. And so it's a really light, easy drinking, pretty fruity. So this is Raisin Galois. Of course, from France, and we're starting to learn that beyond the New Year Beaujolais, which is maybe not the best, although festive, there are these beautiful Beaujolais. So let me just swirl this in the glass. It's about as like light, easy drinking. It's a really great big party wine. We do all sorts of big events in the back, so it's a great kind of like please everybody red. That is good. That is really fun. I can see how that goes with your pizza. Exactly, yeah. That's kind of the idea. Is there a a cocktail that is so popular with people that people would scream if you took it off the menu here at bar? What we're doing here is kind of like a classic whiskey sour, but like everything we do here, it's kind of a modern twist. And So we take a pretty spicy rye, an elder liqueur, a little egg white for texture. For texture? Damn. Some lime juice to go with the sour. May I have a Luxardo cherry in my cocktail? This is from Spain, and these are among the most beautiful cocktail cherries that you could have. They're just so extraordinary. We kind of hang our hat on these cherries as far as all of our whiskey cocktails go. So, like, it can take a pretty classic Manhattan, make it super delicious with a little bit of this syrup and a cherry for garnish. There you are. Thank you for having quality at the bar. It makes a big difference in the cocktail. So we're going to try this. You know what? That is fantastic. That is a beautiful cocktail. Thank you so much for hosting us. Thank you. Colin, this is so fun. Yes, it is. So Thank you've you. got a pizza to go. Right? Yeah, we got a little pizza, a little salad to go. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I just took uh, this same thing, and I brought it outside to a, a guy who uh, told me he was just homeless in December. And he was asking for change. I said, I have food. And so one of the traditions we do on uh, Taste of New Haven and Elm City Party Bike is we give. Uh, we give food. We give cans and bottles, which is something that we, uh, we have a lot of on the bike. You know, we try to just help where we can without asking questions. Um, we have something. We can give something. No judgment. Just, yeah, we also, just give. Yeah, and we also do something else that's probably unseen. So we give about what I would say the equivalent of probably fifteen dollars to $20,000 worth of tickets out to benefit nonprofits throughout Connecticut. And that's something that we have to do. And our value is the value of helping each other and being a community. So that's the coolest thing we can ever do. Kissing you on the cheek. <laughs> Cheers. Ready? Okay. We're, we're going with you, madam. <laughs> okay. Before our ride ends, I just want to say thank you to everyone who participated today. And, you know, it was a great party. Thank Senior you. producer Robin Doyen-Aiken, thank you all. We have the president of Gateway on the bus. Okay, everybody. Start pedaling. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gents, it's time to put your feet to the pedal. We're going back to the studio now, and we have lots more food schmooze coming your way. Stay with us. Here we go. Okay.
you guys know what that means? It means pedal time. Do oxygen masks drop from the ceiling? <laughs> You're the best. Thank you so much. Elm City Party Bike. We are having the best time opening the show on this. Well, I don't know even know what to call it. There are 17 of us pedaling away on this kind of trolley tram car, which is open air, cruising through downtown New Haven. We're right now cruising past Gateway Community College, just having the best time. And thank you so much for being our host. Thanks, Faith. You've really brought the party to the party bike. Get on that party train. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'm Faith Middleton, and we are back in the studio after our <laughs> remarkable <laughs> Elm City Party Bike Ride, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm with my food buddies, Alex Province of Hartford, Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, <laughs> Connecticut, our senior producer, Robin Doyen Aiken, and we have on technical... Kevin Cool and Joe Koss, thank you so much for handling that. Was that the most remarkable? Yes. How's Alex's legs? Yeah, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> it it we, is really a workout. He did most of the pedaling on our side, I have to admit. Well, if, you're <laughs> just if there's just a chance that you didn't hear that first segment, like just one second of catch-up. We're on, well, so to speak, we're on the Elm City party bike, which is really kind of a trolley, and but you have to pedal, <laughs> and there are two long bars Most on each side, pedal. and people bring food and and drink, and it goes through the city depending on what you want your thing to do. So we yeah. did a cocktail crawl. So much fun. We went to Olia, and we went to Bar in downtown New Haven. It's really kind of the happening thing, so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We thank them so much. They were awesome. And oh, really thank you, were. Faith, for greenlighting the project. Oh, because no. <laughs> I have to say, this why was, would I not? I have had a lot of fun on the food schmooze the last few years, but this may have been my most fun day of work. Uh, I know. I know. Thank and, you and, for that. As Chris says, we got to like eat more because we like pedaled it all off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, we have a link to them at mm-hmm. foodschmooze.org where we have all the cocktail recipes and um, maybe a few words about food, but the food was just fantastic at the couple places we went. So thank you for being with us on the show. We have lots more coming your way. If you did catch that segment, you heard us pouring a wonderful sparkler. Alex Province found this for us. He's one of our wine brokers. And it's Domaine J, the initial J, Laurent. 
This is a traditional sparkling wine from the south of France. I was going to say it's, it was like our Gatorade for the bike ride. <laughs> I, I <wanna laughs> We're champagne-powered. Thank you for bringing that because I want to tell you that it was so delicious that even though I was drinking it out on the bike and we were outside, a little bug flew in my cup, but I drank it anyway. I didn't <laughs> you care. Drank the bug. That's how good. That's how good the sparkler was. Yeah. And so, that's what it does for you too. Nicely preserved. Mm, yeah. like, Happy bug. Yeah, protein. So <laughs> this is from the south of France from a, a little appellation called Lemu. And so this is the same... Um, well-made, hand-picked, small producer. In fact, this Appalachian was actually the original sparkling wine in France, believe it or not. Wow. So it dates Meaning, all the way back. What do you from, mean, the, the In original. 1531, the Benedictine monks in their abbey produced sparkling wine. So way before the Champagne region did. Mm. And and um, the reason that they're on the French Pyrenees, on the, on the French side, and they have all the cork trees. So they actually had the flask, but the corks to capture all the secondary fermentation, all the bubbles that make it like delicious. Yeah. So all the way wow. back when, so this is the original sparkling of France, and That's it uses wow. um, the grape is called Blanquette, you know, like white, and there's um, it's sort of like the way the leaves look. They mix it with a little bit of Chardonnay, a little Chenin Blanc. People would normally go into restaurants and they order Prosecco, right, everybody? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, this is every bit as delicious, maybe more. Than Prosecco, right? If, if you like champagne, if you like that toasty sort of nuance, like Albany sort of has bread taste, that's what champagne is mm -hmm. to me. This is that kind of style. Prosecco is more like effervescent, seven uppy, like fun, mm -hmm. refreshing. This Almost is more like, like soprano a, notes, high notes, high notes, is, like crisp. Prosecco. This has those base notes, and yeah. Uh, so if you like champagne, this how is much, a small how much bottle. is this? So this is seventeen. So that's also what makes it good. Because oh my gosh. Real champagne is fifty and above can go way more. So for for seventeen dollars, this is I could drink this like a beer. Mm -hmm. a I know. So place. if you go to our website foodschmooze.org, we have a picture of the label. We tell you what to say at your wine store. Call ahead. We love to tell you to do that so you don't make a, a wasted trip. A good wine store should have it to you within twenty four hours. Obviously, depending on when you call. So. This is Domaine Lorraine, as in, you know, like, like the Ralph designer, Lawrence. yeah. Um, it's a brute and very, very good. You know what I'm thinking about this? Because there's a bit of richness to this. Chris, what do you think about this with turkey? Yeah, Thanksgiving's coming right up, right? In the next couple of weeks, that would be perfect. Go to foodschmooze.org yeah. and we'll tell you what to say about they can look it up for you at your wine store. That's yep. why I'm saying the only reason is I want you to have the words to say when you call your wine store. And what a this is a good price. The, the simplest yeah. thing is for like a dinner party. If you go to like an estate sale or tax, so we can get like these old silver platters that people don't want anymore. And then you can just get some fun flutes right before people come over, throw a raspberry inside, top off the glass. Yeah. People come in, you Festive. hand them a, it's yep. like so much yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. And I love to go to a hardware store and get one of those oval metal tubs Fill oh, it sure. with ice and a little bit of oh. water, and I fill it with um, kosher salt also because yeah, it drops the temperature. Yeah. And then pop, uh, uh, you know, you get, say you're having a crowd, many, many people do, and, I, you know, pop six bottles in sitting up there, Stick and then right how the festive yeah. it looks yeah. to see those 
the tops of those bottles pointing out of that, and you just say to people, grab a glass and help yourself. Grab a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Delicious <laughs> with turkey. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> Some of Alex's friends. This is a, all right. Well, this time of year, you know, we're sliding into... It's going fast. It's beautiful. However, we're starting to get into now what the root vegetables. My favorite. So you like them? Oh, I do too. Yeah, and healthy. Yeah, I like trans. I like you know what it is. I like the transition. I like going from the tomatoes and corn. You know that you go all out all summer on that stuff, and then you just transition between the seasons right you go from the tomatoes and the corn and zucchini and then you put all that stuff away and then start and through the back door comes all this beautiful pumpkins and are squash. you telling me that you're just, not as sad as i am for that corn to go no i you it know, just kills I think, me I think well you freeze yours yeah and i think at the end I do. Of, at yeah. the end and we were talking about this the other day at the end it just seems like when you're putting the corn away and it's it's you get your last couple bushels like we do at the restaurant we're done with it we're done of cutting the corn. We're done with eating it. And, and the squash done comes in it. And we haven't had That's it in so long. because you have a restaurant. I know. I am not done <laughs> You're at not my done house. With corn? With corn. Oh, see, we I eat just, it every day. Oh, but it gives you something to look, I eat it every day. gives you something every to look forward to next year, right? Day. So it keeps no, us it's going. True. No, it's listen, like the uh, peonies coming out for a week, right? We said this last, just the other <laughs> night we said that, you know, if, you, if we had great corn like this all year, would it be special? Right? It's special because you just have it for that couple weeks yeah. or, you know, corn's a long season. It is like four, five, six okay. weeks. Right? And then the, it's gone. You won me over. Right? And, then, right. and beets, now, look and at these squash, be- oh, the pumpkins, pumpkins, the colors right. of the squash and the pumpkins that are coming in. So here come the root vegetables. Let's talk about how we do those on a sheet, on a baking sheet. The, the simplest, easiest way, that they're so delicious mm. because they're roasting in yeah. the oven and they're caramelized. So mm-hmm. what's the easiest way to do that? Which ones do you want in the pan, Chris? Oh, I don't, there's none I don't like. I love parsnips. beets. I love parsnips. I love turnips. Parsnips. I love carrots. So you chop each of those up. Yeah, it, and I try to make them all the same size, right? So it doesn't matter. Do you cut them at an angle, though? See, I don't, I don't even think that is as important as make sure they're all the same size. So if you do them all in the right... Yeah, make sure they're all the same shape-ish, right? You know, it's hard to do something because they're different shapes, right? But cut them Do to you where, peel your carrots? I, you know, when I get them from the farm, I don't. I just scrub them really good, and they don't even need to be peeled. Do you peel any of it? Not when it's coming fresh from the farm like that. I just, just do a wash. good scrub. Yeah, then I peel. Because, you know, it's sitting on a shelf and stuff. Okay. But my farm... But then you cut them up as much as you can, all of them the, the same, same size. size. It doesn't matter which ones. Nope. Whether you have parsnips no, over I, here. Olive oil, like, yeah. turnips. Or... And then I used to put them in a bowl, but I don't anymore. I just throw them right on the on the sheet. Where's and the little olive oil? Yeah, I put them on the sheet first, and then I drizzle the olive oil over the top. I put salt over it, and then fresh rosemary. I chop up and throw it in, and then I just mix it with my hands. And then a really hot oven, like 475, 500 degrees. So how long would you at home have your oven heating up for that tray of root vegetables to come in? Oh, preheat it until you hit the temperature. So it depends on how long it takes your oven to preheat, right? So if you're going for 475, make sure when you put them in there, it's 475. And why do you want that temperature that high? Because it gets nice and caramelized then. I just don't and like when they steam. that's what gives flavor, right? Okay. Oh, do you balsamic look, vinegar at the end? I, you can if you want, but I'm telling you, they all have such unique flavors right now when they're fresh like this. You don't even need to. So into the – and how long would you say 
They stay in the oven. 15 minutes, maybe, you know? How, just to, visually, what do you want to see? Well, you know, if you, if you want to put your fork in to oh, see. Oh, they want to be, they want to be crunchy on the outside. So charred, a little bit charred on the outside. And when you put your fork in, they're soft. And you shake the pan. Yeah, I mix it in that 12 to 15 minutes. I'll mix them like one or two times because every oven has a little hot spot or something, right? And you, you'll see. And if you turn the light on in the oven, you can see it's getting a little more charred on one side. Or even if you don't want to mix, it just open the oven real quick turn the panel you know 180 degrees and then stick it right back in there oh, all right so now these we're, we're about coming up to a break and so we, we're gonna give you a heads up on that because we've got lots more coming your way but um i guess i want to know what is your best pairing for these root vegetables i can't resist a roast chicken yeah. on a sunday yes. with these root vegetables mm. robin is Pork that tenderloin yeah. Oh, we do, we do Chris is like low and slow. I like that pork tenderloin mm -hmm. idea. Mm. Want to talk on the other side of this break about how we would do a pork tenderloin Ooh, to sure. get it really jazzed up for these root vegetables? Yeah. For instance, if you're doing root vegetables in a pork tenderloin, do they go in together? Do they, do you put one in first and then take them out so that they're room temperature? I want to hear your ideas mm -hmm. on that because we, we need some advice. Mm as we start to get into the season of really great autumn vegetables and meats. How do we want to season that pork tenderloin? We're going to get into that. What about sausages? Hey. I love sausages. It's like fall, right? Now it's time for like all those bratwurst. Right, if you don't and, do, mm -hmm. that's a great idea. If you don't do chicken mm -hmm. or pork tenderloin. And it's easy. You go out, light the grill, you can cook bratwurst in a couple yeah. minutes. It's like fall. See, so this is a question. The, and you can do the vegetables on the grill too. But right? this is oh, a question. Cool. Who pan? keeps the grill out? Robin, I've never asked you this. Do you keep the grill out all year? Well, we keep it out, but it's covered. <laughs> so we're not out grilling in the winter. Okay. Not even so, on nice. Oh, I push it right in warm winter. I, I <laughs> wish it was. That was a little cheating. Well, yeah, yeah, we keep, mine it's is technically out You're there. out all yeah. year. Oh, my God. I push it. My, the only difference is, is that in you the winter. The, no, no. It comes right to the back door. Like in the summer, it's on the other side of the patio. And at winter, it gets close. the doors here and right to the left of the door is the grill. Gas so you could gas. Uh, gas. Yeah. In the winter, just gas. Okay. But you don't want. Why just gas in the winter? No charcoal? Because I don't want to spend that much time out there. Oh, I see. I, okay. I can actually open the door. We're not crack in winter the door. yet. No, but when We're it is in winter, fall. I crack the door. I can lift the lid with just my hand. I don't have to go out there. And with my tongs, I can twist things, close the lid, and shut the door. So my arm is the only thing <laughs> that goes out in the winter. <laughs> Can you picture it? Come on. Yes, I can. Then you can use your grill all You're year long. You're making me remember a, a million years ago when I was um, had a short time growing up in Manchester, Connecticut, and the neighborhood was buzzing because a woman had opened up a Cantonese restaurant in her house, in her living room, <laughs> in downtown, I mean, in, you know, close yes. to downtown Manchester, but it was like a suburban neighborhood. And she had a hole cut in the side of her wall in her very own home kitchen. You could do that kind of stuff then. No one said anything. <laughs> and she, you go and you stand there with your money and she would hand the, the, the you know, the wow. egg foo young yeah. out the window. the window. All right. So that's me in the winter of my and grill. And we would say, this is the most exciting food. <laughs> oh my god it was so much fun so oh, that's mm. what we need for our grills right we need a window we need to cut a window <laughs> or it's like those plastic cooking. gloves that yeah. go into the box you know yeah, like then you for don't biohazard even have to go outside. Stuff. yes like winter a, gloves winter gloves <laughs> up the wall <laughs> like every every 
you know, science fiction movie I, I really love. I don't know how you get the food back in, but <laughs> it was usually um, the temperature was, you know, like 400 below zero. <laughs> you have to use Kelvin though to make it scientific. Like absolute zero. Oh my god, how funny! Okay, so somebody's got to come up with something so that we can grill more easily outside during the winter time the hardy people among us just put on a well, ski some jacket people are cooking like in their fireplaces right I mean, yeah. oh yeah my, my friend last winter friend. roma baron i was with her and we did a steak in the living room in the fireplace that's what i want to do this winter. it was yeah. really fun my friend it Lou has delicious. a rotisserie set up in his fireplace you know the two stands a little yeah. electric motor and he can put a six bone rib roast in there <gasps> or a small turkey chicken cocktails all, in the living room while dinner's long. cooking yeah, and it's but just you, spinning away I love it. do you Potatoes remember that underneath. guy do you remember that guy who came on the show who was a fireplace cooking uh smarty pants and he brought um he had started the biscuits in his fireplace in a cast iron lodge round oval pan it cost nothing at the yes nothing at the hardware store and he put the biscuits in there and threw that in the fireplace the biscuits cooked and he didn't even he peeked in to see that they're not burned and then he put it in the back of his car and when he got to the studio do you remember this chris the biscuits were were still hot and we took the lid off and we started ripping yeah, them out of the cast fire. <laughs> oh my God. Put butter on them. Yeah. It was so Absolutely. extraordinary. Wow. So you can do this. There's something you, about cooking on a real fire like that. It's just, it translates into, and it, it gets into the food too. I don't know what it the is. It, it does. It had that smoky yeah. quality. It's very like New England colonial. It's very Argentinian too, right? The yeah. great fire in Argentina. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break here on the food schmooze. We've taken you on the Elm City Party Bike in our first segment. And now we're talking root vegetables. And next we get to, if you want to do sausages or you want to do a pork roast or roast chicken, how do you do it with those those root vegetables? We're going to get to that and who knows what else. So stay with us right here on the Food Schmooze. We love the local and we say please support your food growers and food makers And don't forget to contribute to The Hungry. We'll be right back. It's the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, and we're so glad to have you joining us. We love to party with you on air. I'm with my uh, treasured food buddies. I'm going to go around the room. Alex Province of Hartford, who is a wine broker. Chris Brusbury of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken. You know that the Food Schmooze airs on Thursdays at 3 and at 9 p.m. and Saturdays at noon. And we said to you that we're going to talk about, if you're doing roast vegetables, we told you how to do those. 
easy. You just chop them up all the same size, any root vegetables that you want, and a little bit of olive oil and some uh, fresh rosemary and salt and pepper. And then into the oven they go, probably for about 12 minutes, 15 minutes. minutes. Yep. And so here's the question. If you're doing a pork roast or you're doing sausages or a roast chicken, how do you, in what order do you do this? Do you do the vegetables first, Chris? No, because I don't like doing dishes, so I want to do them all at the same time. So let's say I was going to do a pork tenderloin. So I would chop up my vegetables, get them on the pan, preheat the oven, get all that going. I would start, depending on how I like my pork, first of all, right? If I like it a little on the pink side. Mm -hmm. So I I would take my pork tenderloin and I would put it in the oven first on that pan, right? So I'd have my vegetables cut and I wouldn't season them. I'd just leave them on the side on the cutting board. I would put my pork tenderloin in the oven first. At 475. Yeah, just roast it. Just get it in there, get it really hot and just leave it in there for like seven minutes and then take it out. And what does that do? That That sears the outside, Mm -hmm. right? Now you're not cooked in the middle, but you're nice and you're just getting to the point where it's charring on the outside. Mm. Then I'm going to take... Yeah, and and you get a little bit of the juice on the sheet pan. Then I'm going to take my vegetables, dump them on that sheet pan, and I'm going to sprinkle the salt, the olive oil, and the rosemary over the top of it. And then I'm going to put it back in the oven. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to let it go probably for another seven minutes. Then I'm going to temperature my pork tenderloin, see where it's at. If it's at my, I like 140. Oh, it, then you, I'm going so to now take, you've yeah. put the temperature guy in there. Yeah, I'll <laughs> check it. If it's where I am, then I'm going to take it out, put my vegetables back and let them finish. Then my pork tenderloin is resting. The because rest, this does yeah. happen to me, Chris, yeah. where my roast is done, but yeah. the vegetables are not done. And then they're a little bit too crunchy. So I like this idea. Then Take the pork in. roast out if you need it. Yeah. Use your thermometer yeah. to check it. Okay. And then let the pork tenderloin rest, right? And then the vegetables go back in the oven. They finish cooking. Now you put the pork tenderloin on a platter so the juices are collected now, right? The juices come out of the pork tenderloin as it rests. Then I'm going to take that juice, pour it over my vegetables. Mm. Then I'm going to carve my tenderloin put it on top of the vegetables. And this is the new thing I like to do. I like taking a crusty bread and I cut it into slices. And Suck up all the juices. Yeah, wait. I put them in the oven and I toast them. Oh, boy. Then I put them down first on the platter, vegetables on top, pork tenderloin oh. on top of that. And then all Jeez. the juices get sucked into that bread. And that's oh, the last thing I eat. Lord. It is heavy. You don't even have to make gravy. Oh. Right? That's that like having potatoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do crusty uh, in the fall, a good crusty bread. So, so remember, we went to uh, Georgette in. Oh my god! Okay, so Alex and I uh, and Matt, we went there and we had. This is where they do the rotisserie chicken. Rotisserie Georgette, and the 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 drippings of the chicken, the duck, whatever, fall down, and they the chef puts these platters of potatoes at the bottom, and so all the juice and some fat. Goes into them and they cook that way at the bottom of the rotisserie. It is so staggeringly good. So I'm wondering, all of you, if there's a way for us to do this. When I roast a chicken with these root vegetables, I love it that the juices are coming out of that chicken and getting soaked up by those root vegetables. Well, could we lift the chicken up and put it on like a rack and then and the vegetables go under the rack? Everything. And add some onions as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what about that? Do is that just an added task or is it a good idea? No, I've been doing that forever. What I do, even when I do my roast turkey, I use the vegetables as the rack. 
So I oh. layer my vegetables, and you can throw potatoes in there too, on the bottom of the roasting pan, and mm. then I put the chicken or turkey right on top yeah. of those vegetables. And is this on aluminum foil to keep the pan clean? Or? Of course, because I don't like oh, doing dishes. Okay. <laughs> Chris is efficient. He is efficient. I do not do like doing dishes. you like white wine just to sort of give it some steam? You know, I, you don't Chris even just have throws to because the pan if, away yeah, at the end. No. <laughs> no, but you don't even have to. Like white wine, you don't need to because the chicken has so much stuff in it that yeah. comes out. You don't need to. Are like you putting I, lemon and garlic? You could do all that stuff if yeah. you want, you know. I've done orange, but like I said, a little just, splash of white wine. If you, need, it doesn't even need like. it because there's so much juice coming out of the chicken and so much of the. Uh, what do you call it? Chicken uh, juice. Chicken fat, juice. Yeah. Chicken fat uh, juice. It's funny because oh. we will do um instead of doing a whole chicken, we'll do your technique. We'll do the leg mm-hmm. and the the thigh. Yep. And just do one for each of us, mm-hmm. and then we'll put it in a saute pan and do and just cook it. Your technique, low and slow, salt, yep. olive oil, pepper, and then oven at two hundred, and we'll. Yep. Keep it there for well, like two hours or something. Yep. That's mm-hmm. how I we, do my pork chops and yep. duck breast. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Stove top, quick, fast sear, and you then sear it, the and whole then, pan in the oven. And just remember mm-hmm. to use an oven mitt. I know. The, I believe me. Sometimes, sometimes I forget. And I might, you know, <laughs> emergency room. And okay. don't start off with a skillet that has like a rubber handle type thing because then you Such can't put that in the idea. oven. <laughs> What's I've done sm- that before. What's that smell? <laughs> yeah. It's plastic. Can, can we talk <laughs> about applesauce? I was at Carol Peck's restaurant Ooh. in Woodbury, Connecticut. Love her. Mm-hmm. Good News Cafe. And they had an applesauce on the menu. And I thought, well, it's interesting. There's an applesauce on the menu. And out came, not that stewy applesauce. Pureed. Pureed. Yep. It was chunks of Ooh. apple the way you would have in an apple like pie. It was as if she had cubed yeah. root vegetables, uh-huh. and then there was lemon, and yeah. there was sugar, and it was all in was the perfect amount because it's Carol Peck at Good News Cafe. So but sweet it was, and savory? Yes, did, yeah. both. And, yeah. and it was wonderful to have an applesauce like yeah, that. So how texture. would we do that at home? But how did you, what do you, do you eat it like with we a spoon? We just scooped it just... up and put it on our, our oh, plates gosh. of whatever wow. we were having. It goes with everything, fish and Can you make that a jar and keep it in the refrigerator? Well, for... So Chris, how would you do that chunky applesauce? It's a little tricky. It's because, not sauce, really. No, it's, it's not sauce. It's more like a chutney. Apples. Yeah, like a chutney almost. So what you want to do is make sure you start with very little liquid. A lot of apple sauces have either apple juice or wine or something in it to get the apples going. So you want to do a lot less that, and you're going to cook are it less. Are we doing stovetop or are we in stove the top. Yep, you're doing it in the stovetop. So put in whatever your applesauce recipe says. Yeah, you need a little bit of sugar. You need a little bit of salt. You need a little bit of liquid, like either apple or I like even a little apple cider because then it'll give it a little. Yeah, you can do lemon instead of cider vinegar. But we're chunking the apples up. You're chunking the apples up. kind of apples? You use so that they don't so, yeah. so Carol Peck uses quite a combination the way you would with a good apple pie. You've got tart and sort of semi, semi-sweet apples. She and I have debated this for years over, you know, how you prefer your, your apple pie and your yeah, apple, yeah. your chunky apple. Do you, do you want it a little more on the sweet side or the tart side? Okay, so... So it all depends on which apples you like, right? So, yeah, if I'm going to do a chutney like that, you want a firmer apple, right? So when it cooks, it doesn't disintegrate. Did mm-hmm. you keep the peel on or no peel? No peel. No peel. Yeah. No, no peel. No, no peel. I, and I don't... When I do chutneys... Sometimes I like a little of the red. Yeah, when I do sauces, I don't like it because it'll come off and then it'll squirt, you know, yes. twirl up and it doesn't... It just doesn't look that great. But the key to the keeping it chunky is not cooking it that much, right? So you don't want to cook it till it purees. 
because apples, when you cook them to a certain point, they will just disintegrate. disintegrate. So you want to keep an eye on it, cook it a lot less time than you would as a puree, right? And just keep tasting it and checking those little chunks and make sure they're still a little firm. So for these um, Alex's sausages Ooh. or a, a pork mm. roast, even chicken, mm. to have this chunky, chunky apple, what would you say, a compote yeah, or, or chutney, chutney yeah. is so absolutely delicious. There must you know, be butter in there, though. There had to have been You know, butter, I right? don't know. I didn't ask some, her yes, what she no, did. No. Yeah, some recipes, <laughs> yes, and some would recipes, Would you put no. butter in it, Chris, I don't, or? because I think the apples have that creaminess on their own. Any cream? No, I don't think it needs it. I like so you, you got to think about what applesauce does. The thing Pardon that I like that about applesauce is it cuts through things, right? I like a little of the acidity to come through. I like it sweet, so I put a little bit of sugar or I use a sweeter apple. But I also like that little sharpness, right? So when I'm putting it on my chicken and you get the chicken skin and it sort of coats your mouth. What about a little clove or allspice or something? Allspice, yeah. Cloves, yeah. So I kept thinking during this meal, even though it was delicious with everything on the table that we had at Carol Peck's, I, for instance, had short ribs and believe it or not, it was delicious. Mm -hmm. This chunky apple chutney was was so good with the short ribs it was good with everything and i but i kept thinking i would really like to run in the kitchen right now and heat this back up again and get a couple of scoops of ice cream put it on sure and put it on because i just wanted those chunky apple pieces hot with some vanilla ice cream of course so you could be dual purpose yeah Totally. Yeah. So to keep it less sharp, less acidic, right? Yeah. More sweet, and you could put ice. And cream there right are on top apple dessert wines, by the way, oh, yeah. that are just especially the Canadians make those. Yes. You can get them here I in America. I have a couple in my cellar. Yeah. So delicious. Good acidity. Hey, I had the best time with all of you today. I, it was just the most most fun. Mm-hmm. Me too. Going You're on that, sleep that well tonight. party. By- <laughs> Alex is going to have trouble walking. I he did, he, I Alex did the most of the pedaling. I have to admit it. Thank you so much for being with us on the Food Schmooze to Alex and Chris and Robin and our tech people, Joe and Kevin. Colin Kaplan and Moose, our driver. Okay, (laughs) and remember, my friends, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Don't want the party to end? Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.